Tonight is uh, it's a unique night for us. Obviously, being up here, getting to enjoy the outdoors, but it's also a unique night for us because um, we get to hear testimonies of God's work in uh, some students' lives in both the high school ministry and the cross-life ministry. And that's, as I was thinking about it, I was driving up here tonight, and I was just thinking, you know, hearing testimonies, that's just a unique thing for us as Christians to experience, isn't it? Because it's a reminder, at least for me, of a couple of things. One is just the reality of God. I know we live in a day and age where people doubt God all the time, and, and they say, God, really? You really believe in a God? And, and for me, when I hear testimonies, that's just tangible evidence, always a reminder that, God, you are real, and you're working to draw people to yourself. And so testimonies is just a, it's a powerful reminder in that way. And it's also leading into the next thing I was going to say. It's a reminder not only of the reality of God, but also the power of God. Because how do, you, how do you explain somebody who is running hard after sin, and then all of a sudden they're running hard after Jesus Christ? And there's no other, to me, there's no greater testimony to the power of God than what God does in the life of a Christian. And when he transforms that young man or young woman into a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. I know we talk about the power of God and we think about, again, the mountains, which that is a display of the power of God. Or we think about cataclysmic events like, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes and tsunamis. And that's, those things do cause us to pause and think, wow, God, you are big. (laughs) You are powerful. But in my opinion, there's no greater evidence or demonstration of the power of God than to look at a life who's been transformed by Jesus Christ. And so tonight we have the privilege of individuals, excuse me, a few individuals who, um, who are going to share just that about what the Lord's done in their lives. And this is a testimony of God's work in them, what God has done in their lives. And so um, we're going to do a couple of students, and then we're going to do a song, and then a couple students. So we're going to do a high school, college student before the next song. So we'll have uh, Maddie come up, and then right after Maddie, once you're done, Anthony Gossip will come up and share his. So Maddie, we'll start out with you. Come on up, Maddie. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to try not to stick too far in my notes, but if I don't, then I'll start to ramble, and that's not good. Um, so my name is Maddie. Um, tonight is kind of fun because um, both of these groups are kind of my people. Um, I'm a graduating high school student, but I went to MSU part-time this past year, so I kind of know people on both sides. It's kind of fun. Um for my testimony. I grew up in a house that loved Christ. Um, Our family went to church. We prayed before bed every night and talked about Jesus constantly. It was kind of a common thing. Um, So when I was super little, I prayed the prayer to be saved, um, but honestly had no idea what I was doing. It was just kind of the right thing to do. Um, And nothing in my life changed because I didn't understand what I was saying. Um, I didn't understand what it meant to be a follower of Christ. So over the next few years, um, I went to Sunday school. I learned how to look and sound Christian. Um, But behind the scenes, I was a broken mess. Um, Sin was rampant in my life, yet I would always minimize it because it wasn't that bad compared to other people. When I hit eighth grade, my world started to crumble um, because my sin started to eat me, which put me in terrible places mentally. I blocked myself off from any help, whether that was people around me or God, um, and that left me extremely lonely. Um, So all of this coming down on me at the same time made me hate life. 
Um, there were many times that I considered taking matters into my own hands and putting an end to the pain. Um, I let myself believe lies, which almost ended my life. But thankfully, God uses everything, especially bad circumstances, um, to draw people to him. He uh, started to get a hold of my heart through many different ways. Um, he, thankfully, um, he just started to use things like music, um, broke into my mind um, in ways that I had never heard words before. Um, I'd always, like, words of hymns and stuff, like, they always, I always heard them, but I never understood them. Um, and he also, um, I got involved in the youth group at Grace, where he placed people into my life that showed me what it means to be a true follower. Um, he opened my ears to great teaching and placed a desire in my heart to know him. Over my high school career, um, I faced many challenging situations, which ultimately just taught me the fallibility of man and my need to trust Christ above all. Recently, I've felt the refiner's fire more than ever, so to talk about every way in which God has been working would take far too long. Um, however, one way that stands out is um, no matter how far I walk, our God is always faithful. I've been faced with so many uncertainties and decisions that leave me wondering if I'm alone. Um, I'm looking through my own lens, which is heavily tinted in the wrong way. I was reading a book last week that talked about the fact that we have to look through the eyes of God. Um, okay, so everybody look up at the sky. Do you guys see stars? No. Right now we can't see them because our eyes perceive they, our eyes don't perceive that they're there. However, they are all still up there. And if you were to look through a different lens, you might be able to see them. It's the same deal with God. Just because we can't see that he is working doesn't mean that he isn't. He has told us that he is, so we must trust and rest in that. We, will we trust in what we can see is there, or will we believe what God says is there? I've been challenged by the words of the song Doubt by 21 Pilots, which says, Even when I doubt you, I'm no good without you. So I'm going to leave you with a call from Hebrews 10.23, which says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Thank you. Well, guys, um, I'm Anthony. Um, when I was first asked to share my testimony, I was excited. Um, and I thought a lot about how I could tell my story. Um, I could make it funny. I could tell you hard things and make you guys feel bad for me. I could give you every detail of my life. But those wouldn't really be worth much. So today my goal is to share with you the work that God has done in the life of a sinner and leave you praising our great God and wanting to serve him because of the glorious work of the gospel. So I was blessed to be raised in a family with God-fearing parents who loved the Lord and wanted what was best for me. And when I say blessed, guys, I really mean it. I don't ever want to take for granted how much that means to me. As a young boy, my sin nature was already showing itself in everything I did. I was a little rebel. My parents would tell me to do something, and I would do the complete opposite. But at some point, something had to change. One day when I was six years old, I was slamming a glass cupboard when my parents asked me to stop. And of course, I slammed it harder. 
My dad took me into my room to discipline me and explain to me the gospel. He showed me that my sin separated me from God, but that through God's love, he sent his son Jesus to die and take the wrath of God so that I could live forever with him. At that point in my young life, I realized the simple beauty of the gospel and accepted Jesus' gift of salvation from my sin-filled life. I was too young at that point to be able to see the change that Christ did in my life, but my parents said that I suddenly wanted to obey them, and I wanted to love my siblings instead of live in my old sinful ways. Like 2 Corinthians 5.17 states, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Well, the work that God did in my life doesn't stop there. By God's grace, I was submerged in places that helped me grow closer to Christ. And throughout my years in junior high and high school, the Lord was, as it says in Romans 8, conforming, conforming me to the image of his son. After high school, I was able to attend Montana Wilderness School of the Bible. This was the best year of my life, but also unknown to me would be one of the hardest. During the third week of school, the whole class takes a backpacking trip into the Bob Marshall Wilderness area. On our drive back from the trip, my friend got a call from my brother. He handed me the phone saying, your brother wants to talk. It doesn't sound good. I couldn't believe my ears. My mom had been rushed to the hospital and was going in for an emergency surgery. A week later, we would find out that she had cancer in her appendix, and the doctors gave her a year to live. There I was, an 18-year-old boy. All I wanted was to be with my mom and give her a big hug and tell her that everything was going to be all right. But I couldn't. I had two choices. I could be angry and fight God and dwell on how he had done something wrong. Or I could be broken and honest and trust that whatever was happening was in his hands. Verses like Proverbs 3, 5 would pop into my head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. These helped me to rest fully in God's sovereignty at this time. One of the most encouraging things was to talk to my mom on the phone and listen to her say that this life was not her home because she believed in so much more than what this world had to offer. I learned so much about how to, how to have an eternal perspective from her. Although my mom still battles everyday health struggles of living with cancer, I'm so thankful to say that three years later, she is still here and able to live a mostly normal life. Although it was difficult to be away from home, I will never regret the time the Lord gave me to set aside the distractions of this world at Montana Wilderness School of the Bible. I made friends there that sharpened me spiritually and challenged me to live a life worthy of Christ. Also, the staff at the school pounded into our heads the beauty of the gospel. The fact that there's nothing in this world that compares to the love shown to us at the cross is so amazing. And I will never be tired of praising my Savior for what he has done in my life. Since my time at Bible college, the Lord has continued to break me and show me that he is the only thing that will satisfy. As I close, I want to leave you with some phrases of one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 16, which has been a comfort to me and a prayer for my life. Psalm 16, In you I take refuge. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. My heart is glad, and I rejoice, because you will not abandon me. You make known to me the path of life. And that path of life, guys, is Christ, and I hope and pray that you're on it with me. Thanks.
All right, so for those who don't know, my name's Jeanette Northy, and this is the testimony of what our Savior has done in my life. I was born to a family crippled by false doctrine. Raised in the Catholic Church, I was baptized as an infant and thought to be on track for heaven, or so many believed. I grew up attending church every weekend, confessing my sins to a priest, attending Catholic children's ministries, and repeating prayers like a robot, living a deceiving lie. To my young self, this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing as a good Christian. I was never taught the Bible, I never truly prayed, and I never truly knew that God had given up his life for me. As I grew older, I grew apart from this faith that seemed more and more so forced upon me. My family transitioned to a Methodist church for youth ministry reasons. Here I found more of a place in church with the youth group. I made friends, went on missions trips, attended youth group almost every week for four years, and I tremble to say I was never introduced to Christ through any of these events. I was a vulnerable high school girl without guidance from our Lord. I had a running career that brought me attention. Boys were looking at me, and I was a shy introvert from childhood. The only person set in my life to serve was myself. I became prideful. I pulled away from people, becoming isolated, and I lived with a mindset that if it didn't fit my fancy, then I didn't have to do it. I fought with my siblings and fell into temptations the world had to offer. My life was an ugly display of sin. Titus 3.3 reads, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. This was me, word for word. I was deserving of death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. With no truth being presented in my life, I towed the line of considering myself an unbeliever. Though I already was, I wasn't aware. The summer before I left for college, my mom and I took a trip to Rome, where we toured the Vatican and many other old historic churches. Here I found myself pondering why the existence of these structures would take place if there was no God. Now, as vain as these thoughts were, this is what finally fueled my fire to find Christ. And I promised myself to reclaim my faith and go to church when I went to college. After all, you see, being a Christian means you go to church, right? Please note the sarcasm. But in all seriousness, that is what was modeled for me growing up. Titus 1.16 says, They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. This was my life. Once in Bozeman, I tried out a couple of churches and ended up at Grace Bible Church. Now this new church was so confusing to me. They taught words out of the Bible, words I had never truly heard. What is saved? Why do all these details matter? I didn't like this new church because I couldn't relate to it. It was like a foreign language. But God's word in my life, work in my life was not complete. I made a dear friend who went to Grace. So I continued to go every weekend and praise the Lord because as I did, the light was revealed to me little by little. The college ministry cross life spoke right to my hungry soul as Tanner Ripley and Andy Gerlach fed me the word of God for the very first time. They fascinated me with this passion they taught with. Why were they over so overtaken by this God? Why so much devotion to his name? There was so much I didn't know or understand, but I was determined to discover this heavenly father they spoke of. I wish I could say right then and there I turned wholeheartedly to Christ, but that was not the case. I was in a sense of denial and astonishment in this new truth. There was so much from my past that had to be revised. I struggled for months to understand and make the heart change that was demanded of me. But God, in His astounding patience, was not finished with me yet. There was no date recorded, no single prayer said, no moment of unfathomable truth. It was a steady flow of God's grace revealed to me in a long road of endurance that ultimately led me to the foot of the cross where my sin was taken by Christ my Savior as he endured the wrath of God for my sins, which were many. 
I saw the changes in my life that needed to be made, and they weren't easy changes. But through the power of Christ in me, they were made one by one. I broke up with my unbelieving boyfriend of almost four years. I quit attending my family's church back home and went to a Bible-based church alone. I was spending time in the Word and setting new goals for my life. I was ultimately redefining who I was and what I lived for. Luke 9, 23 through 25. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily to follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who I will save. I was born again. Christ paid the highest price for me, for me, a sinner. With this astounding truth, I find no other hope, no other refuge, and no other reason to do anything apart from trusting fully in his matchless name. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh. The life I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Since that change, the Lord has done wonderful things in my life. With this new hope in the Lord, I have changed the entire direction of my life through him. I now live, ser- live to serve the living God. I seek every day to praise his name with daily time in the word, consistent teaching, and a new understanding of being a cr- Christian. I am now able, through Christ's power in me, to spread faith beyond myself. With all that being said, let me leave you with some of my favorite words, which spur me on and influence the way I live my life today. Hebrews 12, 1-2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you.